Shagilola Salami, and it is the Shagilola Salami Show, a podcast show in a virtual cafe. I don't know if you can hear it from my voice, but I have this massive, massive smile, right? Um, I'm just really excited because I, I feel like I've grown up, right? Like I've, I've grown up as a podcaster uh, because I, ha- I have a new toy. And it's been a long time since anyone got me a present. Like seriously, since I had my child, everybody gives her presents. Even people who would like brands, they'll just say, hey, you know what? Let's give your child a gift, right? No one gives me anything. But so for the first time, I got a little present and I'm just really excited about it. I have a snow globe microphone, right? I know it sounds really sad that something as little as a microphone will make me so happy. <laughs> I feel so so I just feel really excited because I feel like I'm all grown up now and I'm doing professional things. I'm doing grown up things because I have a grown up microphone that's really, really funky looking. It's like a snow globe on a tripod. <laughs> Who have I got there? Did I hear someone? Yes, um, I coughed. I'm sorry. <laughs> you stole my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. Go on, sir. Yes, go on. Right, sir. What's your name? My name is Brian James, and I am the author of the book Mjolnir, and this is a story of the Norse god living in the United States right at the start of Ragnarok. Right. And as far as what I take, um, as far as what I take in my coffee, you know what? If you ever want to really confuse a barista, ask for Soylent Green in your coffee. What? What's that? It's an Asper Soylent Green. It's an old, it's an old movie from the 60s where it's a dystopian future where the people all eat this product called Soylent Green. And at the very end, they find out it's all made of people. Ooh, yucky. But actually, no, pumpkin, it's fall, so it's pumpkin spice. Okay, so that's all right then. <laughs> that's all right then. Okay, cool. Right, so you stole my thunder. I should read the books because there I was just, you know, cooing about my new microphone. Right, I will let you on. And the new microphone sounds amazing. Yes, it's a blue snowball. Um, so let me see, blue microphone snowball ice, yes. And I got a black one. So it just makes me feel really good, like grown up, finally grown up. <laughs> it needs a name, like how to to name their swords. You know, like Bilbo had Sting. Your microphone needs a name. Oh, right. You think? It's got to have one. It just sounds too good. I know. It's really, it's black. It's very, mm, it's just got that mm factor to it. But I don't know what to call it. I'm thinking dragon because obviously I like dragons. I, I love dragons. But I don't think dragon just does its justice. No. and. What is a, a microphone? Well, dragon, dragon silence things. Microphones don't. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Oh, well, I you can have call... your audience call it. Have the uh-huh. audience give you suggestions. Okay, let's see that. Your audience name. Okay, let's see then. So if you're listening to this, what do you think I should call my new microphone? I'm thinking the precious, because it's so precious. 
I saw really sad. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be serious now. I'm going to be serious. Right, tell me about your book, right? So not everybody knows Ragnarok, if I pronounce it correctly. So what is Ragnarok? <clears throat> now, Ragnarok is the Norse equivalent of the apocalypse. And because the Vikings were such cheerful people, everyone dies, including <laughs> the gods. Obviously, the gods don't want to die. Yes. So, uh, so the book starts off with the Viking, Viking gods at the start of Ragnarok, living in our time. Odin is, the, Odin is trying to avoid his death. So he owns a defense contracting plant. If, he, if there's going to be a war that he dies in, he's going to fight it with nukes if he has, and lasers. <laughs> um, Thor has become an atheist. He doesn't believe in any of this anymore. He even threw away his hammer. Really? But he still demands work. But yep. he's in existence. How can he not believe in himself anymore? Well, because in the early myths, he had a wife. By the time he gets to the late myths, such as the Ragnarok, which is the very, very last myth, it's their version of Revelations, his wife, there's no mention of her. So I made the assumption she had died. And, and in the book, he makes the assumption is, if she can die, how are they really deities? Ah, I see what you mean, yeah. But, but he still demands worship, and nothing gets worshipped like an athlete nowadays. So he plays professional football in the United States. Nah, that sounds really nice. Okay, okay, I can see where you're going. Okay, go on, continue. Uh, Loki, the god of lies. Um, is, the, is the president of a multi-level marketing company that does pyramid schemes and sells cheap products on QVC. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> okay, continue. I won't interrupt you again. It, it, it's, you know, interrupt all you want. <laughs> but it, it just, that seemed kind of perfect for him. I mean, what better for the god of lies than being the president of Amway? Um, Freya, the goddess of the goddess of love, she has continued in the ways that she did in the old times, and she's a prostitute. Um, back in the early back in the early myths, she had relations with three dwarves to get a necklace, and so she has continued this in the modern day. And when I was writing it, I outline everything I write as I write from beginning to end. And slowly as I'm writing it, she became more of my hero than anyone else. Just the character evolved differently as it was being written. Okay, that, that's actually quite interesting because when you had finished, I was going to ask you, you know, um, how did you evolve your characters? And it's quite interesting to hear that you started off with outlines. And I know some people say that they do outlines and then some people don't do outlines. Um, when I've written my fiction, I've not done outlines, but then I can, definitely, I can definitely see the advantage of having outlines. So how did that work for you? The only, it's such an intangible, but the only way I can place this is sometimes you get a connection with a character. And as I started physically writing the characters, um, going, this particular character 
kind of didn't want to go the way that I wrote that I wrote in the outline. And she just, as I'm writing her in, her part evolved into a larger and larger part. That's the best, maybe it was cause something about writing her I had more of a connection with. Um, if you're familiar with old TV shows, the best way I can put this is there was an old show called Lost in Space, probably before we were, either of us were born. But there was a character named Dr. Smith who was supposed to die in the second or third episode. Okay. And they kept him on for the whole run of the show because he connected so immediately with the audience. But she evolved to become, I mean, when you think Norse Smith, everyone thinks, well, Thor is going to be the hero. Yes. Yes, we do. Kind of, kind of yes, kind of no. She evolved to be my hero. Hmm. Okay. So why did you decide to write this particular book? What was your inspiration or your motivation? <clears throat> oh, I've been studying Norse myths and, you know, like any other nerd you know, since I was a kid reading um, Thor comic books. Um, I, went to, I went to college for history. My, my initial goal was to become just a very heavy version of Indiana Jones, being an archaeologist. but I always had an interest in the Northern cultures. And that was basically because the religion was so strange to me. When you study the Norse religion and the Norse gods, they're the only major culture that worshiped death gods. Everyone else worships a God that gave them something they needed, like a sun God or a rain God. Their main God is what's called a psychopomp which is a God who, who takes the dead and brings them to their final place, their final destination. Okay. It's quite interesting because I didn't realize that there was actually a Norse, mythol um, Norse, Norse religion because I know of Norse mythology. I've just not heard of Norse, uh, I can't even speak properly anymore, Norse uh, religion. So is that still in existence? It is still in existence and the places it's, it's in existence kind of scares me. Um, in the, in, in the United States, worship of Odin is actually picking up in the prison system. Really? It's a weird stat, but yeah, really. Wow, okay, why? Like, that's just weird. Well, there, I, I'm, the only thing I can guess on this one is because the religion is based, is violence-based. Mm. Um, that's a lot of the reasons they did their raids. You, there is truth to they had to die fighting or they didn't go to heaven. They went to a version of purgatory where it wasn't exactly hell, but it wasn't exactly good either. It was more like standing in, the li standing in line at a government office. Mm. It was a kind of a nothing place. If you died fighting, if you died killing, then you went to heaven. It wasn't depending upon if you were good or bad. So there's a certain amount of violence that I'm, that probably appeals to the criminal mind. Interesting. But then that almost sounds like Valhalla, though, doesn't it? Or am I getting it wrong? Yep. Oh, no, that's it. Valhalla is their heaven. Right. Okay. So I didn't get it wrong then. Huh. But I didn't think so. Nope. Odin and Valhalla, are they linked together in some way? They, they do. In fact, in Valhalla, all the quote-unquote heroes 
how they spend their eternity is they fight for for Odin's amusement, and then at the end of the day, the ones who are killed fighting are resurrected, and they all feast. Ah, I see, I see, I see. Okay, so when when did you decide to write this book? What is this book called again? Remind us, because I've called Baby Brain. It, it's called Mjolnir. Mjolnir is the name of Thor's hammer. Um, oh. And the reason it's called Mjolnir is because Thor threw away his hammer because he became an atheist. And Odin and Loki are both trying very hard to get control of the hammer because they believe if they can get control of this incredibly powerful weapon, they can survive Ragnarok. Hmm. See, but now I find, I find um, Thor quite confusing, though. So he wants people to worship him, and that's why he's a quarterback. But then he's an atheist. Yep. He wants, because he likes, he loves, he loves the attention. That's he cool. just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't want to be a god. Hmm. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So when did you write this book, or how long did it take you to write this book? It took me about three years to write it. Huh. Because while I was writing it, I had, you know, like everyone else, like every other writer out there knows, we do this in between our real, between our real job. Fair enough, fair enough. And did you self-publish or did you go with a publisher? I went with a publisher. I'm published by Double Dragon Publishing out of Toronto, Canada. How did you manage that, though? Because when I started, you know, the Shagilala Salami show, most of the guests who came on were um, self-published authors. And it seemed like, you know, it was the in thing, you know, everyone's self-publishing. Um, but then I seem to find, you know, um, sort of newbie authors who are now going with, um, you know, traditional publishers. But then people always say that going with a traditional publisher tends to be quite difficult to achieve. So is there something I should know that I don't know? How did you book, you know, how did you, how did you back get a publisher? <clears throat> I got very, I got very lucky. I, I would go to various conventions and I met an editor. Okay. And we got to know each other. And, um, I asked him, what's my best route here? Should I go for a major publisher? Should I try and find an agent? Should I self-publish? Because I was thinking about self-publishing. And he said, your best is somewhere in the middle of that, which is a medium to small publishing house. And by the way, call this guy and tell him I sent you. Ah, okay, okay, I get it. You knew someone who knew someone who knew someone. Right. So my bet, if I was going to give any advice on this, I'd say get to know editors. Yeah. Okay. And where would be the best place to find editors? There are a ton of conventions out there, nerd conventions, um, writing conventions. There are pitch conventions where you can bring your idea and pitch to a publisher. You're probably not going to get very far pitching the publisher but there are editors there that you can talk to hmm interested i have not heard of that okay so how have you found working you know with a publisher <clears throat> how did i find work with a publisher how do yeah. i find working with them yes what's your experience been like my experience has been they put some controls on you 
And in my case, it was probably warranted because I probably could have got myself in a lot of trouble if I did this without a filter. Okay, anything else? And outside of that, I've had nothing but good things to say about people who published me. Okay. okay. What, is your, what is your experience? What have you learned as a result? And if you were going to write another book, um, are you still going to go with a publisher or would you self-publish? You know, what are the five things you've learned from your, you know, from publishing this first book? What I've learned by working with a publisher is I don't have a single point of perspective, which if I was self-publishing, I would only have my own perspective. Hmm. And sometimes my own perspective does not reflect what the what the audience may want so if i'm writing only for myself and i can i'm only speaking for me right now if i'm writing only for myself self-publishing would be great i wouldn't sell anything no one would be interested but it would work mm -hmm. i have found that there is value in having other eyes look at it and tell me you're making a mistake by writing that please change it you're being too jokey here. This sounds forced. Please change it. I found there's a, there's an advantage of having that second set of eyes and that third set of eyes, and in some cases that fourth set of eyes. Yeah. Okay. Also, I have found that there's a there's a credibility that comes with having a publisher that unfortunately does not come with self-publishing, which I think is unfair, by the way, because okay. self-public the whole the whole point of self-publishing, the, the whole problem with, getting a, with being a writer without a publisher is you would never get your stuff out there. Yeah. But now there's so many avenues for writers to do it. And there are some very, very good self-published works out there, brilliant works out there. Hmm. But there's still, for some reason, a credibility gap. And where I discovered this most was when I was looking for when I was looking for reviews, seeing if I could get anyone to review this, any industry people to review this, and they wouldn't even list look at me until I basically until I told them. By the way, this is my publisher. Oh, you're okay. These guys publish. Well, okay, now we'll listen to you. Right. Okay. Okay. Right, your line is not very clear though. It keeps going, it keeps going out. Oh, this is, uh, is this any better? Yes, yes, yes. No, it's perfect now because um, it sort of um, <clears throat> was hanging a bit. But then that's technology, you know. You can't really help um, how technology behaves. Um, but no, it's 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 been quite interesting hearing your perspective about about it. But then now, and just because I'm nosy, nosy as anything, I always imagine, right, when you go, and I'm guessing a lot of other authors, especially newbie authors, they, they imagine this as well. Um, so, and you're welcome to not answer this question, right? But when you signed up with your publisher, did they give you a nice big check? Absolutely not. Oh. They missed they knew exactly that I was that I was not um, I'm not Stephen King, <laughs> and that I would take and that I was I was going to take anything they offered. So did they offer it you was, anything upfront? I could finance a fairly good trip to McDonald's with what they offered me upfront. Ah, 
Ah, okay, that's good. That's good. We could take that. We can take that. Okay. Um, one other thing with with uh, one other thing that I did learn though, and and this is one of the things they told me early was we will do what we can to market you because that's also a a part of having a publisher. Yeah. But you still this does not mean you don't go out and do your own thing. Yes. And never be afraid of the word no. Yes. <clears throat> okay. See, now that was what I was I, hoping to hear, though, because I've had a few people, you know, say the same thing that, you know, for them, and this was part of their decision, that if they've got to then make, put in the work to, um, you know, promote their book, then it kind of defeats the purpose for them to have a publisher. Um, because for them, the benefit of having a publisher is to just literally hand over majority of the work to the publisher and then they can just focus on other things because you know they don't want to deal with the business side of it they just want to focus on the creative side um, of things um, so it was quite interesting to hear you know you say that because that's why a lot of people say they go and you know they go and self-publish because if they because writing the book and i say this to everyone right that writing a book is actually the easiest step of the process um, so if your publisher is then going to say to you, well, you still need to do your own, you know, marketing, then it's kind of like, well, that's the hard bit. That's the bit I need help with. They will market you. Yeah, that is true. But that doesn't, you still are going to have to market yourself. Yes. Yes. Um, they're going to have, they're going to have a little list of people that they're going to, that they're going to approach. Would you would you review our author? Mm. And that doesn't mean you can't go out and ask a thousand other people the same thing and get nine hundred ninety nine notes for the one good yes you get. In my case, my one fantastic yes was Piers Anthony reviewed it. Okay. But before Mr. Anthony did, I had you know I I got a whole list of people who wouldn't even think about it yeah okay okay so have you enjoyed you know the process of publishing this book and will you, is there a follow-up book or is this just a one-off well i'm kind of a masochist so yeah i've kind of enjoyed it <laughs> okay so will you be publishing any more books yes i am in fact i'm working on one right now um not the sequel to this. That this, the sequel to this will come after I'm done with the next book. The next book is called Draugr, and Draugrs are the original zombies. Okay. This next book is, we start with the real historical invasion of Denmark by the, by the Romans in 113 BC. Okay. And when they get to, when they, so the Romans find themselves not just contending with the people of Denmark, the Teutons and the Cimbrians, but also some Norse gods who got a few issues and zombies. So basically Romans versus gods versus zombies. That sounds quite interesting. It's a fun one to write. Yeah, no, that sounds interesting. And when do you think that's going to be ready for publishing? I'm looking to have that out to this spring okay okay now that sounds the published the published the publisher may want to hold on to it till halloween of 2019 
and launch it then, but I, I'd prefer not. No, but it does actually make sense, though, um, you know, because of the theme um, to then wait till but well, we'll just wait to hear what your, you know, your publisher has to say. Um, OK, so it to summarize. Sense. Sorry. Oh, I said it makes absolutely perfect sense. I just I have a patience issue. <laughs> I know. I know. You're like my daughter. Well, not like my daughter, but yes, you know, she wants what she wants when she wants it. Not a second later. Exactly, Veruca Salt. It's Veruca Salt syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's getting to that time where I would have to kick you out. Um, but before I do that, you know, any final words of wisdom to any of our listeners? You know, how would you know? Because you know, you talked, you know, some really good points on how to, um, you know, get a publisher. So, can you just give us from your experience now five actionable tips that any newbie author can use to bag a publisher for their first book? Five tips. Yes. Don't be afraid to talk to strangers. I know we've all been told don't talk to strangers as children. Yeah. Go, to, go to places where you know that there are people from the publishing industry are and talk to them. Networking is the best way to do it. And often going in the back door by introducing yourself to an editor or somebody else within the, within the company is a good route in. Is that five? I lost count. That, that's one. Oh, okay, that's um, all right second then. One, second one would be when you are discussing, because the publisher, whether you know someone or not, is going to ask you for samples. Yes. And they are going to critique your samples. When they critique your samples, they are not attacking you. They are making honest comment from their perspective yeah and so many people i have watched so many of my friends who are also trying to do this self-destruct by taking those comments as attacks and responding wrong mm. and the publisher doesn't want well it, if you make yourself too high maintenance too early, I can't wait to be big enough to be high maintenance. <laughs> but if you make yourself too high maintenance too early, they'll have no interest in you. Mm. Yeah. Third, before you give them samples, pay someone to edit it. Get yeah. another set of eyes on that. Do not look at it yourself and say, this is perfect. Yeah. There are a ton of professional editors out there. And by the way, maybe that, that's a good way in to um, the publishers. Find, go to these places, find these editors and say, I'm looking to hire an editor to edit the first three chapters for, of my book so I can submit it. Hmm. You'll see their eyes light up when there's money involved. Yes. Everyone, uh, everyone does. So how many points are those now? Is that two? That's three. Okay. That's three. I've got okay. two more. Okay, go on. Also, also, um, do not be afraid of no. Yeah. You are going to submit to so many places, and so many of them are going to tell you no. And it's, it, I don't care how confident you are. It's a kick to the ego after a while. At some point, someone's going to say yes. 
And finally, well, they are critiquing your work, take their comments into consideration, but your style is your style. If you, if you are trying to write, if, you are try, if you're going to try and completely change based on their comments, then it doesn't become fun anymore. Yes. Then there's no point in doing it. Might, might as well just keep your real job. <laughs> well, don't even quit your real job until you actually get, you know, some regular income coming in first. Oh, oh God, no, don't do that. <laughs> oh, please do not quit your real job until you can, until your income is replaced. Yes, because I, I remember the first time I published my first book, right? And, you know, I always hear all these stories about how authors make, you know, a killing, in, you know, in sales, right? So there I was, and I was proper delusional. I'm not even afraid to say I was delusional, right? I went on Amazon and I clicked publish and I had the biggest smile on my face. I was like, ka-ching, it's all about the Benjamins. And then, so I was there just sitting in front of my computer in my dashboard, just waiting. And I was just hoping, you know, kind of like I was just thinking it was going to just be a flash of sales. I was there and then I refreshed after an hour, zero sales. And I was like, oh, it was the most humbling experience of my life. Here's when I could start thinking about leaving my real job. Um, when Piers Anthony gave it a review, sales took a huge upsurge. Oh, cool. That's the value of a celebrity or, or a big name industry person review. At that point, I could think, that's the weird thing. It wasn't that difficult. He's that nice. Oh. I contacted his office, asked his assistant. His assistant said, okay, I will talk to Mr. Anthony. She came back a couple days later, said he's agreed to do it. Keep in mind, he may not like it. So either way, you get a review and you, and you may get a review that he publishes that he doesn't like you. But, you know, a bad review is not necessarily a bad thing, though, because it's getting, you know, it's getting more people to know about your book. Exactly. You know, and what was it they say? One man's poison is another man's, another man's meat. So, you know, if he doesn't like it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the next person isn't going to like it. Oh, absolutely not. Um, it's, it's just, that's one man's opinion, but that's one influential man. Yes. In this case, and that's what helped that helped me out. And he was actually very, he mm. was very easy to uh, approach. Okay. 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 Well, you know what you could do? You can ask him to come to my virtual cafe, and I can get him some virtual hot chocolate. How does that sound? That would make me very happy because you know, like I got really excited about my you know my snow globe microphone. So then you know I can then have you know a celebrity, and you know I feel really bad for being say this to him, but I don't even know who he is. Who is he exactly? So that's why I have to whisper now because I'm ashamed to say this, but I don't know who he is. Okay, I can give that a shot. I have no problem with that. Hello? Am I whispering Hello? too much? Can you hear me? I said, who is Pierce Anthony? Who is he? I can... Pierce Anthony, is, he's, um, God, 
He's written two, three hundred books at this point. Um, what genre does he write in? Fantasy. How come I don't know him then? I like fantasy. I'm just thinking, why don't I know him? Yeah, he's 88 years old. He's 88 years old. I, he's been around forever. He's a he's an institution at this point. Yeah, why don't see the only person that I know and love is because when I was at university, his books were the ones that I read with Stephen King. And I've just not really bothered with any of the other authors since then. If I want to make a comparison, he's in the same vein as Douglas Adams, that sort. Okay. I have to go and Google him now. But will you invite him to my show? But don't tell him I didn't know who he is. Not a problem. Fabulous. That would make my day that I can say I have my first own celebrity guest that I didn't really know he was a celebrity. I feel so bad. I really, really feel so bad. I should get out more. That's okay, like, you should not feel bad. You should not feel bad at all. I didn't know what a Kardashian was. <laughs> yeah, but that's excusable. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and, when someone, and when someone showed me what a Kardashian was, my first thought was, does Orkin make a spray for those? <laughs> oh, my God. Look, you know when you're laughing, right? And then you feel your ears get hot, right? And you just go... Oh yeah, that's mine. <laughs> I don't. I'm not laughing that you don't know who they are. I'm just laughing that. <laughs> oh, that's. That, first of all, at this point, say anything. I'm absolutely impossible to offend. <laughs> no, I just tried to because I tried to not talk a lot of you know stuff, but it's like it's the Kaddish. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay, <clears throat> behave yourself. Oh, okay, right. Deep breaths, deep breaths. Okay, right. I'm, I'm serious. I'll behave like a grown-up for a second now. Okay, right. But what fun is that? <laughs> I know, right? But anyways, I'm, I going mean, to, I'm going to have to kick you out now. I think I've got something to that point. Uh, See, I have no... Well, that's fine. I've been, kicked, I've been kicked out by the best of them. <laughs> one more. But, but I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. Considering that you, I hope you said you would, you know, consider inviting Pierce Anthony to come on the show and hopefully he will agree. And then you're not going to tell him that I didn't know who he was um, or who he is. Yeah. But anyway, so if someone wanted to contact you or get in touch with you or just connect with you and follow you and find out, you know, more about your books, how do they get in touch with you? <clears throat> Well, you can go to my website, which is norsehammer.com. Okay. Or you... just email me. Excuse me? No, go on. Email you. How do, you, how do they email you? Or, or email me at bjames underscore bjames01 at icloud.com. Okay. And now you're weird, though. Who uses iCloud email? Most people go Gmail. I mean, I found some people who still use Yahoo. Like, seriously, who uses Yahoo? But then you've got to use iCloud. That's just really weird. I was looking and I'm like, iCloud, iCloud, that is, I don't really know anyone. Everyone else is like Gmail. Gmail has just taken over the world. And I keep going on a tangent. I'm supposed to be kicking you out. Okay, sorry. I will get there in the end. Well, well, I bought I bought an I bought an Apple product a long time ago. They forced an email on me. 
And I figure I'm going to be their slave. Might as well have everything. Might, might as well go all the way. They own my email too. <laughs> okay. No, that's that's all right, Ben. Uh, I'll just be cheeky. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and hopefully, um, well, I'll get. Fun. Sorry. It's been fun. Yes. Yes. No. Definitely. Definitely. Not one of those breathy NPR. Not one of those breathy NPR interviews where they sit there and they talk low like this and ask me about my writing journey. I swear, if anyone asks me about my writing journey again, I'm gonna clear. I'm gonna. I'm clean my ears with a shotgun. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Okay. Right. Okay. I'm going to be a grown up now, and I will eventually just say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Brian. You are a laugh, and I hope we get to see you again sometime soon. And I'm just going to stay here, and I'm going to stroke my ice ball microphone. The precious. Ooh. Oh yes, folks. You know, if you would like to give my microphone a name, you're very much welcome to do so. It's Shagilola at shagilolasalami.co.uk or you just go on my blog um, and, um, and just sort of use the contact form, uh, contact form. So in case you don't know, I know my name is not the easiest of names to know and not even all Nigerians can even pronounce it. So it's S-E-G-I-L-O-L-A. So Shagilola at Salami. Obviously you can spell salami.co.uk. So... <clears throat> Until next time, it's your girl, Shagilola Salami, and I will see you again on the Shagilola Salami Show. Bye now.